0: The art of conveying the message is critical. And being able to use analogies in a very specific way to get people to understand it, that takes time. That's a craft that you really have to hone. But you have to know when to do that.
1: Welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. If you are new to the Trail Effect podcast, check out our ever-expanding library of episodes. We are back with another quick-hitting Thursday bonus episode. Today we have Rich Drew from the Ride Series MTB Clinics. During this conversation, we have covered everything from what has happened so far with Rich and the Ride Series in 2022— and discuss what Rich Dell has on tap for the rest of the year. Rich drops a ton of knowledge in a short amount of time on this episode. The value for value concept is something that has caught my attention. If you find value in the Trail Effect podcast, you now have a way to provide value for that value via Patreon for Trail Effect. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Now on to the conversation with Rich Drew and the Ride Series. Yeah, well let's let's uh cut into the ride series. You know, we're we're recording this in the middle of July of twenty twenty-two. You've had you've been all over, I don't know about all over the country, but you've been out west. You've been have you been out east yet? I know you're out east in, in Tennessee last year, and then you've been in the upper Midwest.
0: Yeah, we've been up we haven't been able to get out east yet. We keep saying we're going to. I don't see it happening this year because our fall is already getting pretty packed, but the hope is next year, we can make that happen because I was born in Massachusetts. I still have a lot of family in that part of the country and a few of them ride now. And I'm friends with Jeff Lanosky, And Jeff talks about how great it is to ride. I see a lot of social media about the trails up there. And for me, it's important for me to get there because it's different. I always strive to ride trails that are different. So that more rooty, rocky kind of um, wet trail, like just, it looks so challenging and that's what I would love to go experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, there's just so many options around the country. It's crazy when you look at like trail forks or whatever, and the the things you can do. Let's talk about how your season kicked off though, or or the year kicked off. You were probably in the, you were in the Southeast. You had a trip to Arizona, multiple trips to Arizona, including the Sedona mountain bike festival.
0: Yeah. That's kind of the cool thing about what we do at the ride series it's a great opportunity to orient the schedule to align with events like that. So the early part of the year when the weather's rough here, we go to Phoenix. I grew up there. I went to high school and college. My brother's there. We have a trailer with all of our implements there. So we have a lot of support in that area. So we go to events in Phoenix, but we also hit Southern California. So now we've been doing a decent amount of work with YT and YT has the mill in San Clemente. And it is just a really cool spot to go to. It's an experience, whether you're a YT owner or not. If you're a bike rider, I would suggest going there because they roll out the red carpet for everybody. Facilities, amazing. You can ride any of their bikes and a stone's throw from the mill are some of the raddest trails that you will ever ride. And you roll back in and they have beer on tap. So hard to beat. And it was funny because... Literally a week and a half into Mason's full-time employment with the ride series, we went there and it was one of the coolest days I've ever had on the bike. And halfway through, I was joking with Jeff Taylor, who's the president of YT North America. And I said, dude, I need you to tell Mason this is not how it always goes. And we had we had a lot of fun. We rode e-bikes with the crew from Etneys, And then after that, yeah, we came back to Phoenix. We had an event there and we went to the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival, which one of my favorite festivals, not that I've been to a ton of them, but the early year vibe there is just on point because everybody's ready to get out. The weather's having cooped up and normally the weather is amazing. This year it was a little iffy, a little chilly, a little stormy, but man, we made it work. Everybody was happy. We did some rides. Uh, we were there trying to do, uh, create some content, hang out with Fazari, which was fun because they always have a good group and yeah, That was fun. And then we made our way back, you know, Bentonville rolling the dice, March, April timeframe, but when it's good, it is incredible out here. So March, April, May is more Bentonville area. And then of course, Texas. So I cut my teeth racing in Texas. So we go back as much as possible to Irwin park and do events there with Dorba, the Dallas off-road bike association. And just a great group, large group, very passionate group of people. And so we did those events and then, man, it was crazy. Cause then it was mid year and it was, uh, basically time for Bentonville bike fest. So we did some jump clinics to support Bentonville bike fest. The heat was almost unbearable. I mean, mid nineties, just blazing. So at that point I was happy to get that over with because I knew there was reprieve up there in Minneapolis and Northern Minnesota. And then of course in lacrosse, so great little swing, um, in your two, in that your city. Uh, and then obviously Minneapolis. And it was great. It's just such a cool area. I love being up there. I love the area. The weather has been amazing. And for the second year in a row, everybody in lacrosse like, man, you guys got so lucky. You got so lucky. And I said, look, this is two years in a row. I'll come back this weekend every year and just roll the dice that we're going to get lucky.
1: Yeah, it was a hundred. It was a hundred degree heat index three days before you were there, and it rained almost all week. So
0: unbelievable.
1: So you now, had you had sixties in the mornings, which I mean, even this morning, like I got up and rode at five a.m., seventy five degrees and humid at five a.m. here, not wow. quite Bentonville, but still not what you experienced.
0: No, when I got up Saturday and Sunday morning, I was just sitting outside on the porch drinking for coffee, thinking, Dude, "This is amazing." Like I, there's a little bit of a chill in the air, and I love it. So.
1: I got a little story about, about that area of where you stayed. Okay. If it wasn't for that road that you stayed on in that, that particular Valley, I might not be a mountain biker.
0: Oh, wow. Why?
1: So that place, that place holds a very, very, very close place for me, which is old vineyard road and the bluff known as hedgehog, which was, which mountain biking was banned on forever. But I remember like walking and pushing and getting our mountain bikes. And then like 89, 90, 91 timeframe, middle school, I was six, six, seventh, eighth grade, oh yeah you know, going up there to, to mountain bike because we were kids and we had nothing else to do. And I grew up not too far from there. And in fact, my paper route was, I had a paper route for a bunch of years as a, probably from 12 or 13 on to like right before I went to college. And it was in the neighborhood just below that bluff. And so there's an old car up there that we've been riding by for decades that's been up there since the 1960s. A lot of the land is now public. It wasn't public before. And so it's just, that is that that is probably the number one place for me for mountain biking, that's at least cool. from a sentimental perspective.
0: Yeah, I could tell kind of looking at it, there's a lot of topography back there that can be used. And that's what I appreciated about riding there was we literally rode from the hotel. We were staying at the Charmont, and we rode from there and we just pedaled through town, looking at things and all of a sudden, boom, you're just, you're there, you're climbing up and up, down, up, down and just so much rad stuff. It's just, that's cool. I appreciate that. Cause again, it's just, we don't have that here in Bentonville proper. We can go out and get it, but not here.
1: Yeah. Well, what's the future going to hold this year for the rest of 2022? I believe you have some stuff out West in Colorado that's on your schedule. We,
0: Yeah, we're the plan right now is to head out. We're going to go to Colorado Springs and do some more training with uh, the SRAM group that's there in that office. I'm looking forward to that. We're also going to go to a place called Gravity House, which is a really cool. um, It's like a hotel concept, but they use kind of a membership platform, and they have multiple locations throughout Colorado. And last year, when we were in Breckenridge, we got to talking to them, and they said, "Hey, we'd love to have you come out and do some events." So we're going to do some of those. And so it's kind of a pilot program, small scale to hopefully roll into more next year. So I'm excited about that. The intention was to do a public clinic. We have two people signed up. So I'm not quite sure uh, how to break into that market. It's been really difficult to make Colorado work. So the chances of that happening this year, probably slim because we can't make it a go with two people. But I'm excited to say this. Ever since we left Minneapolis and then now that we've gotten back from La Crosse, we've had some big demand. So my calendar is out. I've already spoken with Sarah and I'm really hoping to find a way to get back mid to late August there. So do an event, maybe again in Minneapolis and then come back to La Crosse. So that is my hope to get back to back weekends set up there in late August or early September. So we'll do that. And then we have a couple of events that we're gonna do we have one here in september in bentonville because we're really trying to do everything we can here then we're gonna go back to dallas and i guess i'm okay saying it i don't think it's a, a secret or, or anything like that but last year we went to tennessee we did an event at trek of johnson city and that was a partnership with sram well out of nowhere, Trek and SRAM came back and said, let's do it again. Let's do it bigger in Texas. So we're going to do at least one, possibly two weekends in Texas for Trek. So details are getting worked out on that. I'm going to let everybody know as soon as possible, but I'm very excited because it's going to be packed, packed weekends, big group ride on Friday, full slate of events, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we'll have general public. We'll have shop employees and we will also again, do another juniors program. So that'll be great. And then at the end of October, dude, we're back out to the YT mill to spend Halloween, to do a massive ride. And YT is gonna fly in the winner of the giveaway Jeff C Uncaged Six. So anybody who follows my YouTube, you'll get more information soon, but I have that Jeff C that we're gonna be giving away full access, full flight attendant, crank brothers, carbon synthesis wheels. So we'll do that event on Halloween weekend. We'll have a clinic out there in Orange County. And then uh, another Phoenix trip, of course, spend some time there. And then back to Texas. And we have not confirmed it yet, but it's looking like Dallas. We're hopefully going to have two stops in Florida. So I selfishly want to do that because Christmas in Florida sounds great. Next nice mild temperature. So yeah, that is the, the plan for the remainder of 22.
1: Yeah. And you know, one thing we're going to, we're going to back up to 2021, just to, to point a key fact out. So when I was part of your clinic here in La Crosse in July of 2021, specifically the Sunday jump clinic, and I think it was the mountain bike 301, There was hardly anybody from actual lacrosse proper in those clinics. And most of the people I didn't know, which is a testament to, you know, making stops in like Minneapolis or lacrosse or other regional places, you know, people can travel. I know there's people from Milwaukee, Chicago, Eau Claire and Minneapolis in that lacrosse stop last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is important for us. And it's exciting that that happens because we can't go to all those places. And everybody reaches out and says, come here, come here. We'll make it happen. And it's hard. We have to choose a destination to go to that geographically makes sense. And for people to be drawn in from everywhere is great. And we see that a lot with a lot of our events. Here, it's crazy. The heat maps for Bentonville, we we have people from the Pacific Northwest, Southern California, up at the top of Montana, upstate New York, Miami area. It's crazy. They come in from everywhere. but it's in a perfect world, Josh would go to everyone. Like we'd go to every state we'd have groups that are always training, but it doesn't work that way for the ride series because we need people that have a lot of experience, a lot of experience riding and a lot of experience coaching. And we just can't ramp up that quickly. So it's going to be a matter of time. Mason is coming along really well. He's been doing amazingly. And he's a kid, he's 22. He rides really well like he is a very high level rider and i don't think anybody would dispute that but what he's starting to do is get more comfortable in how he explains how that happens on the bike and that's important for me i have my eye on two other younger kids that i'm trying to bring aboard hopefully next year and i think with that and getting rob in the mix a little bit more we'll have a solid team that we can then maybe split to service like a west coast east coast scenario and try to be able to get more people through. So that is definitely the goal. But you and I have talked about it many times. I'm not going to scale the business for the sake of revenue and then lose value in the product that we give everybody. Our, our new tagline might be, it's all about the experience. So It's been the best upgrade to any bike is a better rider. And I love that. But I like it's all about the experience because it's about the customer experience. I want them to roll up, look at the setup, and go, dang, this is on point. Now, these people care about this. And then it's about our experience. You know, if somebody's standing in front of you trying to teach you how to ride a mountain bike at a high level, if they can't do that, if they have been doing it for a long time, I think it's really challenging for them to excel at that. So we got to yeah. try to curate all of that.
1: Yeah. And you use a lot of different analogies and I'm going to pull out this word,
0: vernacular. Oh, yes. Yeah, the vernacular is vast and it's because I've had a lot of life experience. And I I try to explain this to everybody. Part of me being effective at a ride series event, it's not all because of how I ride the bike or the level I ride the bike at or the amount of time I've been riding the bike. It's that I was a product trainer for the Ford Motor Company for 10 plus years. The ability to leverage that experience is very important. I'd argue it's maybe more important than what I've done on the bike, because the art of conveying the message is critical and being able to use analogies in a very specific way to get people to understand it, that takes time. That's a craft that you really have to hone, but you have to know when to do that. And that's the other piece of it. And I think that's what Mason is now starting to absorb a little bit more. You got to mix a little bit of humor into it. You have to find some levity there when tensions get high, When, when somebody's not making progress and everybody else around them is, they get frustrated and you have to pick up on that as a facilitator. You have to see that that's happening and then you have to try to bring them down a little bit. You have to tell them it's okay. It happens. Part of it is the frustration. But what we need to do is temper that frustration and then leverage it so you can learn better. And I think that just leads into the environment we provide. You know, people have talked about why don't you ever use the trail? Well, because people get scared on a trail. I don't have any control on the trail. When I provide an environment that is relatively as safe as can be, you can focus on the technique. If you can work the technique, if you can have time under task, then hey, there's a good chance you can go to the trail and do it how it needs to be done.
1: Yeah. And you and it's also focusing on getting those reps in, you know?
0: Well, yeah, of course. And that's Time under task is the phrase that we like to use and it's getting people to do it over and over again, the right way. Like so many times you've seen it on Facebook groups. Oh man, just ride more. You'll get better. Ride with people who are better. You'll get better. Well, maybe, but if you're doing things wrong, you'll get better at doing them wrong. And that's not what you want. And sometimes you can't pick up on those things. And I know like, that's, what's fun about riding with Mason is he'll be able to tell me, Hey man, you were doing this or you were doing that. I think, whoa, that didn't even cross my mind. And it's because you get comfortable in this place where things are just working. But when somebody points out something that you didn't even realize all of a sudden now you can make small adjustments and sometimes it's a game changer.
1: That's a perfect segue into the last question that I have before we wrap this thing up. So obviously we've, we know you, mm-hmm. people that know you know about Rob, your older brother, but we don't know a whole lot about yeah. Mason sell Mason quick and let us, kind of what you get in the, in the rich Mason package.
0: Yeah. What's funny is we were hoping that he would join me for this. I think he's still sleeping. Um, we got in late, we got in at two and he's pretty wrecked, but yeah, I'll I'll give you the quick story. And what's great is this is what I give people when we start the clinics, we founded the ride series in 2015. It's now 2022. He's the first full-time employee we've had. So seven years, we've never hired anybody. He's the first one. And the reason it's taken so long is we've needed somebody with a very specific skill set. And what I've looked for is somebody who can ride at a really high level, not in their opinion, on an empirical scale. But what I also was looking for was somebody who had a wealth of life experience. Well, it's very challenging to find those two, because if they have a lot of life experience, generally, they're an older person and they have a family or they're more set in their ways. Well, I didn't know Mason. Um, He came up actually with the guys I was filming with this morning from Houston. And it was just a quick intro. Oh, this is Mason. This is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And I watched him take his bike out of the truck. And the way he set his bike down, the way he got on his bike and just kind of looked over it, thought, wait a minute, there's something going on here. Well, then I watched him ride away and go up to the top of a trail called Hammer Down. So you might be familiar with Hammer Down. It's a pretty decent trail here. And where I was standing, I have a really good visual of Hammer Down. And he comes in and he hits probably the first 15 seconds maybe of Hammer Down. And I immediately turned to John, who he came up with. And I said, how long has that kid been a pro moto rider? And the look on John's face was priceless because he goes, dude, you didn't even know that kid. Like, How do you know he rides moto, let alone that he's a pro moto rider? I said, because nobody rides a bike that way unless they're a pro motocross rider. And that instantly made me feel like there's potential with this kid. And I had a a tactic for the rest of the day that we spent together. It was just let him talk. And he didn't say much, dude. And I waited because 22-year-old kids, dude, they can't tell you. They can't stop talking about how good they are and what they've done. And he never did that. And that resonated with me. And so I started to have more conversations with him. Um, I talked to his dad, I got some more background on him and he's grown up racing his entire life. Like he's been on a bike since he was five consistently and he's raced motocross at a high level. He raced sport bikes at a high level. So that's another piece that's like, Oh my God, from 13 to 17, he was used to going 130 to 180 miles an hour. On tracks. Well, what's great is when he introduces himself to students at the ride series, where he says, is I spent a lot of time going that fast. When I'm going 40 on a mountain bike, it's comical, like it's slow motion. And so that experience is very important because he's able to have things fire very quickly for him. And it's great for him to be able to talk about that. And so I spent a lot of time discussing things with him. And he came to a few clinics and I talked with his dad. I talked with his mom. He's got, it comes from a great family. His brother's a very high level road racer. His younger brother is coming up in motocross and UTV racing. And so I appreciated that experience because those were some of the best experiences I had growing up. And when you live that kind of life, you have experiences around people that money can't buy those. And what I wanted was for him to leverage those experiences. And now he's starting to do that. He's starting to learn how he can relate all those experiences he's had on two wheels to all of the students we have in front of us. And I keep reinforcing that to him is don't be me. dude. Don't say what I'm saying. Don't say it how I'm saying it. You know, the message that has to be delivered. You need to try to describe to people why you do what you do on the bike to get the outcome you get. And he's slowly getting there. And I really appreciate that. He's very much a student of communication at this point. And again, a lot of young people, I don't see that in, they want to talk, talk, talk. And I remember when I was young, my dad said a few things. And one of them that really resonated with me was, he said, keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool, then to open it and remove all doubt. And Mason, that's just me, like Mason listens and listens and listens. I appreciate it. You know, he's a, he's a good kid. He rides well. And I think he brings a lot, a lot to ride series events. I'm still leading them. It's still me talking a lot, but man, he's got this sneaky personality and he loves to throw jabs at me, especially because of my age and twice his age. And people just love that. It makes them laugh. And from a demo perspective, He's just on point, dude. Like I asked him to demo something and he does it exactly how I need him to do it. And that is a very valuable thing because Rob doesn't even do that. Rob's horrible at demos. And I've told this to him. I'm like, dude, you're horrible at demos because you're too proficient. You're too technically proficient. You can't exaggerate it for the sake of demonstration. And so Mason does that and uh, it's good, man. It's It's really good. So I'm excited to roll into next year to get him more in the mix. And over the next few months or the remainder of the year, we're going to start offering more private coaching sessions with just him. And then, as I said, I'm hoping to bring on at least one more team member next year and we can make it happen. And it'll be, it'll be good.
1: The two, the two words that come into mind, you know, so I've seen Mason kind of grow a little bit through your YouTube channel and then met him in person, obviously in the la- over the last couple of days when you guys were in lacrosse. two words that come to mind for me are both humble and grateful. Yeah. And I say humble because, you know, he, he's not one to point out what you said. And I say grateful because when you saw the look on his face, when he got that YT and if you ask him about it now, he's proud of that bike.
0: He, yeah, he is. And that's again, one of those things that I just, I really appreciate that a lot of kids, his age, and I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing the youth of today, but it's, it's frustrating and it's challenging because a lot of these kids think I'm a halfway decent rider. I make a couple of, you know, halfway decent edits. And man, a bike company should give me a bike. That's not how it works. And for YT to reach out to me and say, Hey man, we really liked that kid when he was here. Like he made an impact on us. And this is the president of YT North America who made that happen. That's a big deal. And dude, I, it it meant a lot to me for them to feel that way. But then when I was able to say to him, here you go, dude, here's a, you know, $7,500 bike that they said, just ride it. You know, at some point down the road, we'll get it back, but we just want you to ride it and rip it and have fun. So yeah, definitely, definitely a humble kid, great rider, but he's starting now to, to especially on YouTube kind of, Come into his own a little bit more dude he's he's sneakily funny uh you're gonna start to see a little bit more through videos the rest of the year that it'll it'll come out and people they'll appreciate it even more and it's funny because he's starting to get recognized when we go places and he's really uncomfortable about it like somebody's like oh my god Mason!" and, and he's oh a uh, uh, little ricky bobby action. he doesn't really know what to say and i love it it's great to see
1: yeah, and you guys have done some great videos. Your your Eureka Springs video, I thought was just so on point between Leatherwood and Great Passion Play.
0: Yeah. That was such a good video. Yeah, it was fun to do that and we have we're slated to do a lot more of those and I love that format, you know, the whole vlog format which is kind of a big umbrella, but to just go and do like there's no script, it's we need to go we experience it the best we can and capture it so then everybody else can have that experience. And it's great because we're both good riders, but the age disparity kind of brings a different lens into it. And it was awesome when he said he appreciated passion play. I wasn't sure. A lot of younger people, even a lot of older people, really like Leatherwood. Passion play is different. You have to have a different skill set, I think, to appreciate it. He has that skill set and he appreciated it. And it's just, it's fun. Like for me, I don't always get to ride with people like him. And that, that's important for me. When I'm with my brother, I have an amazing time because we can ride Blue Angel style like that. When I'm with Mason now, it's just, I know, go rip it and the kid will lock in behind me or I can do the same. I can lock in behind him and go. And that's great because... Especially when it's under the guise of work, when we're filming and we're working that way. But man, it's fun. It's so fun. I just dig it.
1: Yeah. Well, do you have any closing comments before we wrap this one up?
0: No. I, I mean, if anybody's interested in attending a clinic, go to the therideseriesmtv.com. If you have questions, reach out info at mtv.com. If you're coming to Bentonville, we would love to show you around or do some private coaching, and we're doing everything we can. The website's being rebuilt. We're going to really try to be better at the marketing side of things to get the word out on what the events are going to look like and where they're going to be. So we're getting there slowly, but surely. And thanks. I I appreciate you giving us this platform. Um, It's just, it's awesome to be able to, I love chatting with you, dude. It's been fun every time we've done it. So we got to keep, we got to schedule this like on a normal rotation.
1: I'm down. I'm totally good with that. And like you had said at the ride, at the ride series on Saturday night, you know, word of mouth is huge. And that's what I'm finding with the podcast as well. Word of of mouth is, is, is a really incredible tool.
0: Oh dude, it is. And especially now in this space, because so many people they're yearning for podcasts because they have so much time or they're driving or, you know, traveling, doing different things. Like you need something to pass that time. You know, for us, we had nine hours, nine plus hours driving yesterday. It's like, that's that's the perfect opportunity to go through two, three, four of them. You know, it depends unless it's a a Jeremy McGee podcast. We may only get through one of them.
1: (laughs) That guy is awesome. I love Jeremy. We've, you know, ever since we, you know, you connected us at the end of the year last year, and then we got to connect in person uh, during the PTBA conference in Bentonville. And ever since we've been, you know, every now and then we bounce stuff off each other, text him back and forth. And he's just a, he's just an incredible person. Super funny. Like, He's in the same age age bracket as you and I. And so our humor is, you know, that the same humor.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude's hilarious. Yeah. And he's just he's he's comfortable in any situation. He just owns it. And yeah, I dig that. I got to get that video out that we shot. Man, I think it was over a year ago. And it was great. Like we did this interview and it was just it was really good. We sat at Kohler. We talked about a lot of different things, and it gave a lot of insight into who he is and what he's been doing. And that, for me, once he popped up on my radar, I did a little bit of research and realized, oh my god, this dude has been around for a long time, and he's been doing a lot. And it just it hasn't had the exposure that it should. So I'm happy now that more people are starting to see that because the, the scene within Adaptive Writing is really big. Once you get exposed to it, you realize, oh my God, like there's a lot of people that are adaptive riders. And for him to be kind of forging the path to have more trails created, but then also chronicle them, give that roadmap for people, that's legit. And so any way that I can support that, any way the community can support that, I think it should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been making it a point to anytime we're talking about trails, we talk about the adaptive side of things and obviously we had Jeremy on and then I had another adaptive rider on and in, in 2021 and I'm looking, you know, there's a couple other adaptive riders that are on my radar right now. Cause they, yeah. I mean, it's just a, the, the things that need to happen to make trails accessible for them and accessible is probably a bad term. Isn't it, but it isn't much, you know, it's, there's a couple know. gatekeeper, like, yeah, gate, I can't remember what he basically gates or whatever that, yeah. yeah. You move this, you move that, and all of a sudden it opens up the whole world.
0: Yes. It's, I don't think there's a lot of upfront effort that needs to happen for it to be good for that subset of rider. And all of those trails, we can ride as well. Like, that's the oh, beauty yeah. of it. It's Yeah. So, yeah, I dig it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Rich, I really appreciate you taking the time, especially after a long Trek mm-hmm. that you had up here in the upper Midwest and, and going back to Batonville late again. last night.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, dude. We'll have to do it again.
1: Cool. Well, have a great day and rest and get some good riding in too.
0: Of course, dude. Always.
1: Any, any closing comments or words? Or any closing? Do you want to deal with your peace out dumpers or do you have a new one now?
0: It's funny. Yeah. Mason, on the videos now, everybody's been seeing that he I've been letting him close it. He, he, he does the old peace out dumpers. Like he's got this pause that he's really curating and I appreciate it. And the last few videos I've been kind of throwing it out there. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Peace out, dumpers. Love it. Thank you, Rich.
1: Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed on the show can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. Also, if you're new to the Trail Effect podcast, check out our ever-expanding library of episodes. Don't forget to please leave a rating and review, as this is one of the best ways to show your support for the Trail Effect podcast. This podcast has been edited and produced by Evolution Trail Services. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.